welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. Let's get into it. I know you and your story. You're one of our one-on-one coaching clients. But for all the listeners out there, why don't you give us an intro, let us know who you are, and what even brought you to us in the first place? What made you want to start looking into group homes? Well, my name is William Burgos, and I was on your mailing list for over a year. To be honest, I don't remember how I got into your mailing list, but I believe I was browsing on the internet. And since I do real estate for a couple of years, I've done it for maybe nearly seven years. I said, you know what, let me just sign up to this. And when I'll get to it, I'll get to it. But I wasn't that much like into group homes because I had had like 10 other projects going on at the time. And I said, you know what, this is going to be for later. And then but half those projects started falling one by one. And then <laughs> all of a sudden I said, you know what, let me give it a try now because my other projects hasn't been doing as well. And this seems promising. <laughs> and, uh, this is already a cool introduction because I just laughed. Brandon knows my philosophy on everything. I'm like, a lot of people might think from the outside that, you know, I've got a high risk tolerance, but in fact, I don't. I mean, I look for sure things more than anything else. And this group home business is, I mean, it's the best. But anyways, I guess that's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, for me, I felt like most of my uh, years I've like I've lost and I've been trying to make up time and money for the lost years. So it's like you'll see me doing 10 projects at a time just in order to make up for that time because I really want to quit my full time job and I won't quit until I'm making at least four to five times what I'm making at my full time job. So right. I'm like really outgoing. I'm always every single day is like I started zero and I have new tasks that I have to complete. If I don't complete it that day, then I feel like I haven't accomplished anything. So I'm always take out like one, like 30 minutes to an hour every single day to see where I'm at and where I need to go and how I'm going to. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm always self-motivated that way. That's fantastic. Common trait amongst most people that are successful. Yeah, so, definitely. I have that burn in the saddle. <laughs> and, then, and then when when I feed information like the group homes is like when I got to the point where like I felt I had to start then it's like an urge that you feel and that you start feeling like man I'm losing money because they're making money so every single minute that passes or every day that I'm not making money is like oh my god I could be making potentially this amount of money and then quit my job like I am dying to quit my job and well with this I've seen a whole new level i mean when i started your coaching three months ago it said that i had to have like 20 in my contact list like build 20 contacts Mm -hmm. in three days i built 120 so like i was really serious (laughs) i was really serious today three months later i have approximately 1400 contacts in my contact list 
think Man. that that's huge, dude. That no joke. That much- is probably three and a half X what I have. I mean, well, I've been we don't even really send email blasts out anymore, but I think I've only got a, I don't know three or four hundred people on my email list. Yep, that was my question. You know. <laughs> How much do you have, Andy? I knew it was going to be way more. So that just goes to show you, you know, with the coaching, it really kind of not easy, but it's just really simple kind of tasks to go, you know, one by one. We don't want to just chit chat with you. You know, we give you specific milestones to hit. They are not hard to hit, as William just kind of elaborated. (laughs) And we do recommend you go above and beyond kind of what we tell you to do, which you have definitely done. I want to get into... Andy, William has a really kind of creative way to find contacts, which we'll get into. You're going to love it. But just kind of want to rewind. You said you work full-time, right? Yes, I work full-time. And the beauty now and the reason I took advantage of this is because I'm working from home. I've never seen that in the 13 years that I've been working. But because of the COVID-19, since I'm working from home, now I can put more time into my business. Yeah, you don't have to do like the busy work to, you know, Correct. not get in trouble. <laughs> so <Correct>. you probably <laughs> only really have like three or four hours worth of work that you need to do. That's kind of the average for most jobs. So Correct. probably freed up a lot of time for you, right? Yes. And at the same time, I'm like, you know what, before they call me back to work where I can sit there in in October or September when school starts, because I work at a university, Uh I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put even 10 hours. Like I go to sleep at 3 a.m., 2 a.m., just building my contact list, building the emails I'm going to send, just writing all the phone numbers on a piece of paper that I'm going to do for the following day. I just want to hit this like really hard before October comes because when October comes and then my boss says I need to report to work, I'm going to say, you know what? (laughs) I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. You need to get to the point where like that full-time job is holding you back, you know? like So, And you'll get there, you know, once the properties are stabilized, you know, in the beginning, you definitely have to hustle and just kind of get as much stuff as you can get done in the beginning. Like if you listen to Andy's podcast, he would sit there and he weren't just like faxing basically all day, right? Faxing your letters out. I would literally be in my house and this is, you know, it's a long time ago, but yeah, I had one of those fax machines, you know, you you sit there, you dial it. I mean, literally a dial pad on it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would just put the same thing in there over and over and over again. I'd be with my left hand, I'd be sending out emails with my right hand. I would be, I'd be faxing and it was going to the same people. It was the same message and nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. The other little thing, I don't know if I ever told you this, Brandon, what I would do is I would go over to all of the kind of the health and human services resource centers <laughs> This is a little devious trick, but it really worked. So they, <laughs> they have their own little referral list over there, and their little pamphlets that they hand out, I say they hand them out, they're sitting around in all of the offices. And what I would do is I took them, and then I took it home, I read it, and all I did was insert my company's name onto that list and went over to FedEx, Kinko's, printed off a couple thousand of them, And then I went around to all the various offices and I just put them out there. Now, what happens, though, is that when those sheets of referral pieces of paper get down to the last, you know, five or ten, the office administration person goes right back out into the entry and then she grabs them and then she goes over to their copy machine and she copies off another, you know, 50 or 100 of them and puts them back out. 
And so <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but basically my company group home was on all of the government referral lists as a result. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. Awesome. Back to the point though, you know, Andy, you were, you were putting in a lot of hours in the beginning, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You got to put in a lot of hours. And then to Brandon's point, you do need to bulk up to a certain point. I mean, really a lot of it's going to depend on what your personal overhead is, but you know, if you live in New York or some lines, you're going to need a chunk of money coming in. So one group home is probably not going to cut it. So you got to bulk up and you got to bulk up quick and you just have to trust in the process because this business does work. If you follow all of the systems that we have, for example, in the gold course or in our coaching program, but you got to bulk up and then you got to just sit back and let the thing get stabilized and then start monitoring your numbers. And then after you've monitored your numbers and you realize that they're falling more or less exactly within the range that Brandon and I talk about, then you get back out and you can bulk up again. I just want to, you know, William, just to kind of motivate you a little, which you probably don't need it, but, <laughs> you know, when you are staying up till three, just think about this, Andy, how much hours do you put into the business now on your group oh, homes? None. none. I mean, I, I did make a phone call to my operators this morning. Hey, how you doing? You know, it's July. What's going on? The, one of my operators wants to rent a property down south because I all my stuff that I typically would turn over is occupied. But, you know, that's really it. I mean, at the end of the month, I typically look at the books and I write out my distribution check and that's really about it. So I would say when it's all said and done, you know, it's a very easy bookkeeping system too. There's not a lot of moving parts. So it's 20 minutes. I mean, how much cash did we have at the end of last month? How much cash do we have right now? What's the balance on the credit card that I need to get paid off? What's the QuickBooks P&L showing? And reconciliation, boom, it's done. It's really simple. So it's 20 to 30 minutes, you know, if I have music on, it might take me 35. That's really about <laughs> it. <laughs> so we're recording this on the 23rd. Would you say you've put in probably less than an hour of work in the group home business this month? Yeah. I mean, including the phone calls to my managers. Yeah. Probably 45 minutes. Those phone calls aren't, I mean, you know how I operate, Brandon. It's like, Hey man, what's going on? How you doing? It's real simple. Or it's a couple of text messages. Yeah. Um, probably. I, I'd say 20 to 30 minutes at most this month. Nice. There we go, sir. <laughs> so <laughs> it'll be worth it. <laughs> and I know I can get it that way. I know I can get it to how Andy has it. I know at first it's like a rocket ship. It only it uses 80% of its fuel just to take off, but then the other 20% is in orbit. <laughs> yeah, One other thing, and I, I do think about it quite often you know, the first two years, every single day, I would call the manager, you know, anywhere from 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning to check in with him and figure out what he had going on. So the first year or two, I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing right away. But the first year or two, I definitely put in a little bit more time. But as far as actually expending energy, there's really not much that you need to do with the business. Correct. And really, you've seen the power of the business just with the amount of cash flow these things bring in. You know, mm -hmm. you have way more control over the property. You're getting guaranteed payments. It really solves a lot of the problems that a lot of real estate investors have out there with the more traditional models. So I know you, you've mentioned you, you did real estate. You know, what types of strategies were you doing? First off, in real estate, I started off like uh, I'm self-taught in real estate. I started about 10 years ago reading books like Robert Kiyosaki, David Bach, 
and so forth. And as soon as I read, I finished reading a couple of those books, I just went on and I bought three houses the same year. But I'm not saying it was a lot of money. I bought two family for 1000 another two family for 3000 And then I bought where I live now and my primary residence in Yonkers, New York. So I was really motivated and I made a lot of mistakes. I lost a lot of money. The strategies I was using was buy, fix, and hold. Now I'm doing multiple strategies. Now I'm doing long-term, a little bit more long-term, which are flips while at the same time I'm doing holds to increase my cash flow on a monthly basis. And now adding the component of group home, which it should give me maybe four times, five times more, who knows, maybe 10 times more than what I'm getting in, in regular rent. Absolutely. Yeah, it's typically around, you know, it sounds ridiculous, like if we were mm-hmm. to put it on bigger pockets or something. Yeah, but you really do. You, you 10x the cash flow most of Correct. the time. One of Andy's favorite quotes he's ever said, <laughs> and it's on YouTube when we're touring one of the properties. I asked, you know, hey, what, what's the ROI that you get on this? Because most investors, like the pinnacle is like mm-hmm. 20%. Like if people say they're getting a 20% that's a return, <laughs> that's a lot, right? Like yeah, it's, Usually it's, it's eight to 12 or something. Exactly. Like yeah. But 20% is like the pinnacle to where, you mm-hmm. know, if you said that half of the investors are going to think you're lying about it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I asked Andy, you know, Hey, what, what's the ROI that you get on these? And he's like, man, if I even have to calculate that, it's not a good deal. <laughs> it's really true though. I mean, if you have to get a calculator out in an Excel spreadsheet to figure out if it's a good deal, it's not a good deal. Now, don't get me wrong, periodically, like just for shits and giggles, you know, I'll pop up like an amortization schedule and, and you know, put in the extra payments that you could potentially apply from the free cash flow from your group home. I mean, you can get these things paid off in a heartbeat. I mean, let, you want to just do, should, Brandon, should we do it right now just for fun? Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me go to my computer. I'll just pull it up. So let's assume we've got a $100,000 principal balance. We got a 30-year amortization. Give me an interest rate. What do you guys want to plug in for interest rate? Six. Okay. Let's plug in six. That's a good commercial interest rate right now. I mean, that's mm-hmm. probably what you're going to pay. Okay. So your payment is uh, $599 a month, $599 a month. On one house, if you just applied all of the cash flow, let's assume you know the average home is going to generate anywhere from $2,200 to probably $3,200 a month. So let's just split the difference and call it $2,500. You pay off the home. Let's see here. Hundred thousand bucks is paid off in thirty-five months. Mm-hmm. Boom. I mean, it's paid off in three yeah. years. You, just, you literally paid off a hundred thousand dollar property in three years. Now, of course, that assumes that you didn't have to live off the income from the property. But if you get two or three of these group homes up and going, you can live off those profits, and then you go buy another one. I mean, you can pay them off in three or four years. It's incredible. Definitely. How many rentals do you think you would need, William, to create that much cash flow? Rent? <laughs> I don't know, a hundred. <laughs> so I just, I want to hammer that point home because a lot of our listeners are not, you know, they don't have experience with real estate. They haven't bought rental properties. A lot of people just kind of have a misconception 
that landlords out there, you know, they're just millionaires and they have all this money coming in and that all the rent is going to go, you know, right into that owner's pocket. It is not like that. <laughs> Very well, my, It's not like that. No, it's not. Well, my goal, because I, when I, I used to watch HGTV, like I've seen these investors <laughs> buying investment property for $250 extra a month. I'm like, that's a really high risk. So what I was doing was I was buying properties that I can get at least net $1,000 a month. And okay. now I'm leaving that behind to do group homes because I know I'll be doing six times, seven times more than what a regular rental is going to give me a net, net basis on a monthly basis. And that's rare. Like you kind of the, you realize, you know, 200 bucks isn't going to cut it per month. Not worth it, Absolutely right? Not. You do one interior paint job and you just wiped out your whole profit for the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, but most, most of these landlords and for aspiring group home entrepreneurs out there, you know, these landlords are the perfect partner or people that you're going to need to work with. And I really try to hammer home the point, you know, if you don't have a lot of money to start, that's an awesome strategy. And these landlords out here, you know, you as a group home operator will solve the majority of their problems with mm-hmm. the biggest one being, you know, what was your number one problem in the beginning, William? My number one problem, my challenge was I'm in the city and uh-huh. it was hard because the rent is so high it was hard to start a group home here for me. So what I did was the first week that I heard you guys saying, you sent me actually, Brandon, you sent me about a podcast about doing a website. I said, you know what? I'm going to do a website. And two weeks later, I created my own website. Like, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to broaden. I'm just going to say I service all of them until mm-hmm. I test the market. So if I were to be picky at first, like saying, you know what, I just want to deal with mental health or I just want to deal with veterans. So no, I said, you know what, in order for me to test the market around where I live, I need to be like really broad, like really open to whatever demographic that they have. And for me, it wasn't about finding one or two. It was finding the right case manager or social worker or doctor or whatever referral or rapid housing that would say we have 20 we have 30 we have 40 so that's why i build my contact list like really high because i wasn't looking for one or two i wanted to know before i invested in any area any counties i was open to travel the 50 states wherever it was that i found 20 referrals, 30 referrals. So that's why it took me a little bit more time because I wanted to make sure before making a a large investment. For me, that's how I saw it. Yeah, that's a huge point and something that that holds a lot of people back is, you know, they think they have to buy the property first, Mm -hmm. you know, buy a property, lease a property or get a, a landlord to work with them, which to kind of bring it back a little, most landlords, their number one problem is just lack of cash flow. (laughs) <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know a lot of them are are even losing money so this solves that money the only thing they got going for them is depreciation <laughs> but that yeah. only shows up on your tax returns and you really don't need any depreciation if you're not making any money so correct 
yeah, what they yeah. need is a business. They need a person like yourself that's willing to operate these group homes. So William, before, you know, converting one of his rental properties or taking down a new one, you really hit the nail on the head. And what I really, it's kind of, you know, most people don't get. So I really spend a lot of time on with our coaching, trying to kind of hammer this point home market mm -hmm. first, get yeah. your contacts, start networking. You're going to see where the demand is, where the opportunities are. If you have a couple caseworkers in your pipeline that you know you can call that need to house, you know, 20 people, like you said, you know, you'll feel much more confident, motivated to go and get that new home and, and get a, a new payment. Yeah, and that's what happened on my end. It ended up being four hours away from here as opposed to traveling, which uh, I had bought already a flight ticket to go to uh, Sacramento, California from New oh, wow. York. And I was going <laughs> to yeah. open two at once, but because the one in Sacramento sounded like really promising, but then at the end, the lady from Rapid Rehousing didn't get back to me. So I ended up canceling the flight and I started four hours up north in New York, upstate in Syracuse, because one of the housing specialists said, we need people like you. We need people with your mission up here. We have over a hundred homeless that need your services. And then we started working together. And one of the things, and this is important for, for the listeners, because this one thing she told me is, I like you. You know why? Because you follow up. And I know you emphasize that in one of your videos where so the important. need to follow up is really important. And just because of that key thing that I followed up, she's like, wow, you're different from others. They bring good ideas and everything, but then we don't see them anymore. But you follow up like you're on task. You're always there. Like you say you're going to do something, you do it. I just did the first walkthrough. Like I, I invited her to the new group home that I opened near her. And what we were doing is what she's doing for me is since they're looking for us to open group homes in like really nice neighborhood. So I would send her a list of uh, potential properties that I'm either buying or leasing and then she would go through them and say, you know what, this is a good area. This is because I don't know much in Syracuse, but she does. So she actually looks over it and we're working hand to hand. And uh, I mean, right now we opened last week. We already have three clients and increasing. So I'm, I'm really excited. I'm scared at the same time, but excited. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good feeling. That is a real good feeling. If you can feel the butterflies in your stomach, you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah i remember our first call you were you were like or the second call you know you were a little bit nervous on just just talking to these people right yes i was so another big misconception is that you know the caseworkers or nonprofits or, or whoever you're working with for your referrals a lot of people think mm -hmm. you know you have to be an expert you have to have this big beautiful home already you have to be licensed which we'll touch on in a little bit. And they are scared to reach out to these people. But, you know, once you get in touch with them, you know, were they grilling you? Were they asking you a lot of questions? Or Look, were they more so almost selling you on what they were doing? Look, I was. I remember, like, today, I was paranoid. Yeah. <laughs> I would send a brand like, 10 questions, 20 questions before I even called. And he's <laughs> like, just give him a call and just watch. And, 
and I, I heard a podcast that you would say, be honest. If you don't know the type of program, if you don't know this, just say, no, I've never heard of it before. Can you enlighten me? Can you give me more information? So that's how it all went. I placed that call. I told them exactly what I was doing. And all of a sudden, they didn't let me talk. <laughs> right. And I was there just taking notes to learn about the different programs, what is soda, what is, you know, what's this, what's that. And then they would ask me, have you heard of this program? I'm like, no, I haven't heard about that program, but it's similar to this program. And then every single time I placed a different call, I would use a line from the previous case manager that would help me for the next one. Yeah, so, and then I would... <laughs> yeah that is the secret. You just start laddering them up. Correct, correct. <laughs> yeah, I remember... I think you got a, you had a lead or something and you were like, man, I don't know what to say. Like, what do I say about this, 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 and this? <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, the reason why it'll make sense, especially, you know, all of us, we're all real estate folks. Me, I, I used to devour the podcast, like real estate podcast. You mentioned you were self-taught too. So you probably know mm -hmm. all the forums, all the podcasts, all that, yeah. you know, how many real estate investors or, you know, gurus or people putting out real estate content out of all the years of self-teaching, how many people have you heard talk about this strategy? No one, no one. You guys are the first one. So these agencies that you're marketing to, they have the same problem. Yes. And, <laughs> and actually we have solutions that others don't like, for instance, us having a third party gives service, mm -hmm. it helps a lot of these folks because most of these folks that are placed in another non-for-profit, they don't allow other non-for-profit to give them service inside. So, so then their service ends there. They just have housing. So with us, we've spoken with case managers where they say, wow, yours is amazing. And then when they say, what is your requirement? I'm like, we only have one requirement. As long as they have one source of income being a voucher, being a SSI, SSDI, PA, then it, they qualify automatically. And they were like, wow, like that's it? Like, yeah. And then I would say, yes, this is the approach that we're taking because we've seen that approaching it from another angle is just adding more homeless. You know, like the, this yep. is one solution for us to reduce the homelessness. Exactly. So let's get into the details there just for like maybe like new listeners. So you mentioned taking in people that do need some type of licensed service, right? Yes. How long did the licensing process for you take? Well, no, I don't, I don't get the license. We just outsource the license. So I knew the answer. I just wanted to throw it out there. We <laughs> so, just outsourced the license. Yeah. So, we, you know, William, easier. yeah, you know, you didn't become a nurse or, or go through, you know, the months of, of learning to take care of these folks, right? No, absolutely. You not. didn't need to set up a licensed facility and deal with all the paperwork and hire a nurse, right? Nope. Nope. Not at all. So just to kind of elaborate, so what happens if, you know, they send somebody, they need some type of licensed service, you know, how do you handle that? Well, we can either refer them services in the, in the area, or they can get their own and have visitors, these type of like nurses or visit the home where they are. 
So in, in other cases, there's some like housing that doesn't allow you to do that. But in our case, since we outsource the licenses, then that's a, a challenge that we've overcome as a group home. Yeah. So your end, you know, your fee, your revenue is just coming from providing the housing. And mm-hmm. if you do get a tenant that does need any type of licensed service, William, Andy, well, you know, pretty much all the other members out there that you can listen to on the podcast, they are just simply referring or outsourcing it to, you know, basically home, home health companies is what we typically use. Correct. And I've no. used, look, you have what, 74 ways of marketing. I've mm-hmm. used more than half of your marketing. Right now I'm wearing a t-shirt that says Strive, uh, my company. I mean, I'm doing a hand sanitizer. I mean, I'm doing everything. And then I give <laughs> welcome packages to the homeless that enroll. I mean, uh, case managers that go to our uh, facility, like I'll give them a t-shirt here. So I'm implementing more than half of what you guys have on your podcast, on your study. And you found, you kind of did one that we need to get in there. <laughs> this is, oh yes, definitely. Are you, are you, uh, will, are you part of the Facebook group, the private Facebook group? You mean for group homes? Yeah, for, well, the gold course, like on our page. Yeah, I'm part of the gold course, but I didn't see any Facebook. Oh, I'll send it to you. But we have a private Facebook group for all, everybody who's in the gold course. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about that, and then like our coaching sessions is, you know, for the creative folks out there, they'll come up with stuff that, you know, Andy hasn't even thought of there or that we don't do. And one of those things that you did was to, you know, tell Andy and our listeners out there, one of the creative ways that you use to get a ton of contacts. Okay. So at first I was following your method where I go to yellow pages, I believe it was. So I, I kind of squeezed all the contacts that were there and there were no more. And I had like 120 and I said, you know what, <laughs> I have to find some other way because I've exhausted, like I already built my list. And then I, I used the method, the MailChimp to blast the email, blast them when I created that. And I said, you know what, why don't I do LinkedIn? I already have a professional profile there. They can see me. I can, although it's a little more work because now you're doing it one by one instead of email blasting, but I felt it was more effective. So what I did was I went and I subscribed for 30 days being a premium member and every single day and night, I did it for maybe six hours a day, seven hours a day. I did it so much until LinkedIn blocked me out. That is awesome. just just sending requests, just sending connections, connections, and looking for all the keywords that you guys gave me. Housing specialists, uh, rapid housing, everything. I searched in every area, and I just started connecting with them, connecting with them. And then I had to call LinkedIn and email them and say, look, I'm your member. The reason I became a member is because I wanted unlimited access. And then they gave me unlimited access for those 30 days. So I went nonstop. I said, I have 30 days to build my contact list if nonstop. So I lasted six, seven hours a day just sending requests. 
I mean, while I was eating, I was sending requests. While I was watching TV, uh, I like kind of stopped and, and started sending requests until I built my list to like 1,500 in LinkedIn. Nice. So that's one of the things that a lot of people don't realize, just not just this, but kind of any, any other business. And I learned it kind of the hard way when I started wholesaling, you know, uh, mm-hmm. real estate. Yeah. You don't really realize how big you can go with your marketing. You know, a lot of people will rely on just one organization. You know, they'll get one mm-hmm. contact or they'll call the VA, play the runaround with them. They don't get a lead and then they're done. But, mm-hmm. you know, Andy, what he considers a small list of a couple hundred and William has, <laughs> we're, it's around 1,500 contacts, you said, right? Correct. So, I mean, when you go, you cast that big of a net, I mean, there's like, yeah, that's yeah. all you need. The failure is not going to be an option. Mm-hmm. If you're, you're marketing to that list constantly to people who are in the business of finding housing for, you know, the populations that we serve, the problem's not going to be lack of tenants. It's going to be lack of housing. <laughs> you, yeah. you're gonna, mm-hmm. And that's kind of the point that you want to be in. I also use Zillow to get um, this first property that I'm leasing. Yeah, let's, um, let's talk about that. So that's another thing. That's why I wanted to have you on, William, because you're right in the beginning. Like you just completed the steps that everybody out there needs to complete. You know, building that contact list up, get in your marketing on point, get in your website, setting up your email campaign, and you, you got your first house and your first couple of tenants, probably a couple more kind of, or at least a couple more organizations that you're talking to to get that home filled up here pretty soon, right? Definitely. Every single day, emailing and calling, and now I'm doing paid ads. That's also from your coaching. I'm doing free ads and paid ads and some other referrals. A lot of referrals now we're getting because on our website, what I did was after I created the website, what I said, you know what? I cannot be on the phone all day. I'm a one-man show for now because we haven't, we're not producing enough money when I started. Now we are because I have three clients, and, but we're, we're starting now. But at first I said, you know what? I have to do it all. So I'm going to put all the effort. I'm going to do everything myself. But now I have someone that, that's helping me since all the, so since this program is about four hours away from where I live, mm-hmm. she handles uh, part of it, like meeting the clients in person. And I set it up for her. So I'm working from here and then having her show the place over there. And then I would pay her uh, the hour. Cool. Perfect. You got the perfect foundation set. So definitely, definitely. let's talk about how you got a property. That's one of the big hurdles that people oh, yeah. out there encounter. Luckily you realized that, you know, if you do your marketing first, you know, that's going to, especially if you don't have, you know, the funds to take on a new lease, right? A lot of people out there are check to check. So Mm -hmm. they're not going to, you know, why would you put a lease down on a new property? You have your first Mm -hmm. month's rent deposit and then what, then you don't have tenants, you know, people are scared (laughs) and I don't blame them. Uh, But you just kind of have to realize these things, you know, get your marketing set up, get your contacts, get your, The best thing you can do is get that website going. I mean, the minute that you have that website, leads will start coming in and it'll give you so much courage to act. 
Yeah. I mean, if you have multiple organizations needing to house 20 people, you know, you're in a rush to find the property, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, the website has helped me like greatly here. Oh, yeah. I, I just ran to see in the last four weeks, I started three months ago and here I just put the last four weeks, 707 visits, 506 unique visitors and 105 wow. form submissions. So I mean, these that, people that submit- That's all you need to know, man, to take action. That's all you need. Definitely. So much demand for this type of product. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's actually working best for me. So what I do is I refer everyone to the website instead of giving us a call. I figured that approach for me was better. Like that is less time that I have like over the phone and more time that I have analyzing before I give them a call. So I analyze and the type of like tenants or clients that are applying, you know, if it fits in this criteria where I am and then I give them a call. So I save a bunch of time instead of I filter them. This is a yeah, way, a good them. way of filtering them. Yes, correct. Really good. What I always tell people that don't have a website, you guys chime in here. If you got, this happens, like the last time it happened to me was when I was in a new neighborhood and looking for oil change. So I went, you know, went on the map, found a couple local places, went to check them out, and a couple of them didn't have a website. Has that ever happened to you guys when you're looking for a new product or service? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Do you ever call those people that don't have a website? No, that's a turn now. That's a turn off. <laughs> you, know, you know, what do you immediately think and be as honest as possible? What are the immediate kind of ideas you have about that business when you go, you know, check them out and they don't have a website? Yeah, it's like that's the face of the company. That's the first thing you, you want to see. Like that represents your company. And if there isn't one there, you know, for me, I just I'm like, man, they're unprofessional or they're, mm -hmm. they're new or they don't care. Other things that go along with this is like creating marketing like brochures, flyers, because when I was contacting case managers, they would say, can you send me a flyer? I'm like, oh my God, I don't have one. And now I lasted hours just creating a flyer for that particular demographic that case manager serves. And then I ended up doing that every time that I got a different demographic. So nice. you know, we do have to put legwork in, but it's like Andy was saying, I know this is not for long. I'm just accelerating it now. <laughs> yeah. And even in now you're in like the grind mode, but you know, you're still doing this on top of a full-time job. So you can, you know, right. you're, you're essentially doing it part-time. So real quick, I just kind of want to get into, you know, just get in the house because that's like, that's okay. one of those first hurdles. So why don't we talk about that? So you've been doing real estate. Yep. You probably, you have a couple rental properties, but you mentioned that you leased your first property. Yes. Since the first contact the like caseworker that I got that said they had over a hundred clients was about uh, an hour away from the homes that I currently own. I said, now I have to get creative. I can't go buy a property in this new location. So I said, I'm going to rent it. So the first step was building my list. Then the website, now that I got a case manager, now it was time to get my house. Mm -hmm. So I went onto Zillow, I paid like $35, I believe it was, and I had like 30 days to submit applications. That's for pre-screening. 
And after I got the case manager that was going to work with me in Syracuse, I said, well, this is the place. I got to find the place now because I already have over 100 clients waiting for me. And I started marketing through Zillow, sending applications and applications and applications in those areas. And even before, like I said, I used to send it to the case manager. She used to check it. She said, okay, that's a good area. Until, look, it only took me a week to get this house. Like, I was surprised. I'm like, wow, a week later, I already got this property. So after I got this property the first week, we're paying $13.50 a month for this property. It's a four-bedroom, two-bath in a really nice area. It has patio, deck, backyard. I mean, it's a really desirable area. I know we'll rent it like really quick, like all the beds. And the good thing about this first home was the tenant was going to move out the 1st of July and I found it mid-May. So what I did was that gave me time to test the water now that I had a location, now that I had an actual home. So I gave my security deposit and as soon as I gave my security deposit, I started marketing a month and a half ago. So when I started marketing, I started using all, like everything in the gold cores plus like added ones, like I mentioned. And my waiting list now in a month and a half, I have 75 individuals in my waiting list. That is impressive. Dude, that's, that is that's specifically awesome. Specifically for this home. And basically we just opened last week because from the first to the 12 or 13, it was just a matter of, because there were tenants there, the guy didn't clean it up good. So we had to clean the whole property. Then we had to furnish it. And like doors are opening with non-for-profit. Like there's this non-for-profit that's working with us that will supply really cheap beds, but they're brand new. And I'm like, whoa, is this like really possible? Like a whole bed frame, everything, the whole nine yards, like the mattress for $170 brand new in the box. That is awesome. And then like all the houseware that we want, they would fill up a whole pallet for $250. So we can get everything for a house for $250, everything in a pallet. So, so you got, you got the home, the furnishing, everything kind of the, so like your startup cost was basically under two grand, right? Well, no, for this one, th there was a setback in the beds. So we mm. ended up buying beds because we needed immediately because we already had the clients. What they did was they mixed up the order. They gave it to someone else and we had to wait four more weeks. And I oh, say, you know what? I'm not waiting four more weeks. So we went to Raymore and Flanagan, and you know how expensive that could be. I calculated about five to seven grand with the security deposit, the down payment, everything. We went, because of Raymore and Flanagan, like 3000 over. So right now we're in 10000 Okay. But we can house 13 people. And when we house the 13 people, just in, in security deposit and one month rent, we're going to have about 14000 so we're yeah, going to make up for the 10 plus the four. In your where first month you of business. Of, in my first you get month of all business. of your invested capital back in a month? In a month, I mean, correct. It, it, it's unheard <laughs> of. I'm telling you guys, I mean, I've been doing this for 20 years. 
There is no other business like this one. The problem becomes once you have enough of these things, you can only grow it so quickly because you have all this money coming in and you have to do something with the money. And it doesn't cost that much money to start these businesses. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is really the ideal type of company, a company that can grow without a lot of capital. But that is phenomenal. I love hearing that story. You overspent on your startup costs and you'll still have all your money back. Actually, you'll have all your money back in probably the first like two and a half weeks of operation. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Unheard of in business. That's why I didn't care. <laughs> Correct. Spending a little extra yep. and not lose the clients that I already have. I mean, you got to figure in most of these cities throughout the United States, real estate's going to trade, give or take, on about a five cap. It takes you 20 years to recoup your capital investment. 20 years versus two and a half weeks that it took you. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I was really aggressive because I have one motivation is to quit my job and I want to be free. I see myself doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Absolutely. It's I just, love, it means more this. time for my family, more time for me to do whatever I love to do, more time for me to travel, more time for me to serve the Lord, <laughs> yes. more time to help people. The more people you help, the more money you make. Correct. Yep. That's pretty much become our unofficial motto here. To that point, you know, we, about once a month, we'll get some pushback from people they right in and think that we're taking advantage of people and that we're, you know, money hungry and evil and, and everything like that. You know, mm -hmm. who are you helping if you are living check to check, stressed out and working all t you're devoting your life to basically surviving? How many people are you going to be able to help? You know, how much extra money do you have to donate to charity? How many Barely people yourself. are you providing for housing for? How many people are you you know, buying food for if you can't keep your lights on. You barely have for yourself. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to help people, which is really one of the main motivational forces for most of the people that get into this business, you know, they, yes, you want to make money, but you also want to help your community out. You have to, you know, you have to become financially free. To be honest, Brandon, I'm not money hungry. I'm just I want a certain amount of money coming in every month where I don't have to worry about where my bills get paid without me worrying about it. it everything's on auto pay where I don't have no more restriction, where to go, what to do. That's all I'm looking. I'm not looking to become rich out of this. I mean, I just want the life I've always dreamed of is spend more time with my family and keep helping people. I mean, sometimes you can't help people if you can't help yourself. You, exactly. And in order to help people, you need to have money because everything moves, revolves around money. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. You've got, you've got to help yourself first. And the best way to help yourself is by obtaining that freedom. You've got to have a freedom number. Like you said, it, it doesn't even need to be that much. It might, you know, in some, if you live in Oklahoma, it might only be three grand. In New York, it might be 10 grand. In Texas, it might be, you know, right in the middle, six grand. But you can get there so astronomically fast with these group homes. You can get there so quick and you do wind up helping a lot of people in the process. So it sounds like your main demographic is just people transitioning out of homelessness, right? Well, in Syracuse, but uh -huh. before Syracuse, 
and, and I forgot to mention this because I have an hour away from there in Utica. This is how it all started. About a year ago, before I even started the group home course, like the gold course, I had met with Mohawk Valley Community College in Utica. I met with them because I was trying to open a company where I wanted to give, like, build skills. But that didn't work out. So I already had the contact and we kept in contact. And then I told them what I was doing, that I was housing students. And they said, what, you're housing students? No way. We've already had, I'm telling you from three, four months ago that I started the group home thing. I've met with them about once a month, four times already through Zoom. And I already have three properties under contract specifically to house their homeless students. I didn't know there were oh homeless students. I didn't know there were homeless wow. students. They're in shelters studying at this university. Jeez. And they were the ones that connected me with this non-for-profit that would give me the pallets for 250, whatever we can fit on the pallets. So that's where their connection. And now we're about to close on a first property in August 14th is the closing date. And we can fit about 15 students at 510 a month. Wow. Okay. So you got about, give or take 7,500 bucks a month coming in. Yeah. And how much are you guys paying for the house? For the house, there's an accepted offer for 149000 of that is almost, well, I'm in maybe 40,000 and then plus whatever is going to take us, let's say another 10, that's 50,000 all investment to invest, like furnishing it and everything. Yeah. You'll have all your money back in less than, I mean, fast. Correct. But it's not like I'm giving 50,000 to now get a thousand every month. Like I was doing before because I was doing this and I was doing it for a thousand dollars a month. Now I'm getting yeah. set over 7,500 a month in just one property. And I have three <laughs> under contract to house all their homeless students. I did not wow, know they were homeless students. I had no idea. I mean, this is why it's really fun, actually, to talk to, you know, a lot of the folks that are part of the group. I mean, I'm driving down the road right now. There's a crazy homeless guy right there. But they're all over the place now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they all get SSI and SSDI. Every last mm-hmm. one of them is getting a 700 to $1,200 a month check. But there's so many interesting niches within this space, and you've just landed on one of them. Homeless students. I never even would have thought that. Yeah, that's eye-opening. And to kind of the point we were talking about, you know, it sounds like you're going to have like four homes up and running here in the next couple months, right? Yeah, five, because now I'm looking for another one in Syracuse. I'm working with a landlord that he has 15 properties. He wanted to sell me the 15 all at once. And I said, because his method is not working where he said, what he does is he rents per room, but he rents it on a weekly basis. So he was actually making like 40 or 50 grand a month, like doing it this way. But he has a bad manager. So all his revenue is going down. He's barely making 10,000 in these 15 properties now. So he wanted to sell it to me, all 15 at once. And I said, no, this is what I can do. I can buy it to you one by one, so it can give me time to fix it. 
and I can organize it however I want because, you know, I don't want to buy 15 properties and already be in negative. So this is just me thinking as an investor. <laughs> and I said, look, I can buy it every single month. I can buy it from you, but I just need you to give me the first one. So right now I think he's working on the contract. I haven't heard from him. Hopefully he is. And also the guy that rent that I'm leasing from this first property here in Syracuse, he has two other properties and he's testing me out because he knows why I rented it for. And he said, look, if it works out, I'm going to have two other properties in yep. December and I'll go ahead and rent it to you. So I'm already telling my manager, pay him two months in advance. So <laughs> he'll like that. So, <laughs> you know, I wanted to have you on just to kind of go over the beginning steps here. And you mentioned that, you know, you got your first home and first tenant. And I was like, boom, we got to have him on so he could talk about these new steps for the beginners out here. And you totally underestimated what you had done when you shot me that email. So yeah. <laughs> to, to recap, we are looking at four or five homes here. You know, they're not all full and stabilized yet. That first one will probably be soon. But mm -hmm. we're looking at probably within the next couple of months, I'm guessing just on those four or five properties is that enough to cover like your full-time oh, yeah. job? Oh yeah. I'm projecting 20 to 25 net on these five properties. So let's just kind of let that linger here for a second. So 20 to 25 net, he has the foundation for. And William, when did you join the gold course and kind of get these things started? March. There we go, folks. <laughs> and and it's what, July? <laughs> yeah. And don't forget, you did all this during a time when the country was essentially shut down. Correct. And actually for me, it wasn't shut down. It was actually uh, an advantage. Well, that's because that, you have the, that you is have how, the right that's mindset. That's how winners think. Yep. Because that's you have the right think. mindset. I tell so, my wife, I would love the pandemic to continue. And she's like, don't talk like that. That's being selfish. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's working for me right now. I don't want it to stop. I don't want to go back to work right now. So. Well, <laughs> I want to reiterate that that is just like a massive example of your mindset. You have no idea how many people and how many emails we got from people waiting. You know, they're afraid to start because of the pandemic. You know, they think there's no idea you can do anything during the pandemic. And look what William's done. Look, the, the government is giving free money, basically. They just gave, what, 1200 per adult and 500 per kid, and they're planning to give more money. So people, these homeless, they already have SSI, SSDI. So the government already gives them money. So it's a secure check. It's a no-brainer. As soon as I heard your podcast, I'm like, oh, no, I got to do this. That's it. I wasted too much time, a whole year, subscribing there. Yeah. Your list and I never acted. I wish I could have done this a year ago when I found you guys online. Yeah. So folks out there listening, you know, get into this before all, you know, the smart investors out there realize what we just spoke about. <laughs> they won't get as good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what, hey, what Brandon, an awesome I, story. I've got, I've got to jump off. Very, very, very nice meeting you. Likewise, Andy. Lo love the story. I look forward to hearing more about your successes. Definitely. Uh, I would like to meet you guys in person as soon as I get that $20,000 check. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
All right, Andy, take care. I'll catch up with you later. And I think that's a perfect spot to wrap it up, man. William, thank you so much for awesome. coming on. Awesome. Totally awesome. over-delivered. You, I had no idea you've been making that much moves. Like I said, <laughs> I just wanted I'm to have it. you on to kind of talk about getting that first tenant. But you've gone way bigger than that, which is Thanks amazing. Thanks to you guys. I really appreciate everything. I mean, I don't have words to appreciate like to give thanks to you guys this is amazing and i'm looking forward to a life-changing situation in my family and everything and we have a lot of plans we have a yeah. lot of plans <laughs> Man, awesome so give it like six months to a year we'll have you on for a part two and talk about basically you'll still be hustling but essentially mm-hmm. I, I would bet you're pretty much kind of retired from the nine to five game oh yeah i'm looking forward to that all right this is well, my year before the end of the year, this is my year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, William. Folks, if you are not, you know, bare minimum, join our mailing list so you can get the free emails. We give a ton of free advice out there. If this mm-hmm. does sound like something that you want to do, sign up for the gold course. It's a no-brainer. I mean, we only charge 179 for it at the time of this recording. And, you know, there's multiple examples of material in there that's worth the price. And we're always here to help. So, William, again, thank you so much for coming on. And we look forward to doing the round two here soon. Thank you. Talk to you soon.